We all have them. We all talk about them. But only two men have decided to make a podcast about their weekends. Do you have a good Saturday? What do you do? Anything good? Um, I went to... We didn't do much in the day. Two best mates. The issues are with the treatments and where researchers might... I mean, this is boring chatting at this. In an uncut chat about their weekends. I actually felt disappointed because I ordered a rubber seal for the oven door and it didn't turn up. Starring Tim and Gendel. Dad's getting pizza. And we're like, <laughs> big, big dad on campus. Hey, I didn't click my fingers and go... Mm. You did. <laughs> did you mean, hey, kids... Dad's getting pizza. Tim and Gen's weekend podcast. Anything could happen. So that's the trailer for the podcast. Yeah. What do you think? American voice, explosions, you know, do you, do you not think it's horrifically over the top? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's perfect. Cool, cool. It's done then. My, do- my dog's in the background licking... And it, I don't know if you can hear it. I can't, I can't hear it. I can imagine what it looks like. Um, I, I have a Labrador, and I know how inappropriate they can be whenever you're trying to have a phone call. It's fine. Welcome to Mixtapes with Mike, the podcast where I invite a guest to make us a mixtape of 10 tracks without using the same artist twice. We're going to talk about each song, and if you like the sound of what you hear, you can listen to the mixtape in full on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, this week's guest is singer, songwriter, and musician, Rosie Crow. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. All the better for talking to you. Um, So we've been put in touch by previous guest Victoria Penrose so yeah you've, you've been nominated you've been you've been dropped in hot water into the hot seat however you want to describe it um so how how do you know Miss Penrose um we spent time in prison together <laughs> so <laughs> She probably didn't mention that on the previous podcast did she no no it doesn't no, surprise no. me though we were stealing biros in WH Smiths back in the 90s and um, got taken quite seriously. So, yeah, well, in all truth, we, we toured together a lot. I used to be in a band called Rosie and the Goldbug in, like, 2009, 2010. And we toured a lot. We toured with Cindy Lauper all around Europe. And then we went to America and did South by Southwest and... I was a bit of a diva, so I'd met Victoria before and I demanded that I had to have a makeup artist with me on all the tour, even though, like, we had no money. (laughs) I was like, I need a makeup artist with me all the time. So um, Victoria was already my best friend at that point, so we just toured extensively together and um, we've shared many a moment, many a bunk bed, many a hotel bed. Um, there's, there's been a lot of bizarre scenarios. Um, we better not mention Vienna because some bad stuff went down in Vienna. But um... Oh, definitely looping back to Victoria <laughs> to ask her about whatever 
happened in Vienna. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you, you put your best mate on your rider. Like, I simply <laughs> must have her at every show. It's so awful, isn't it? I sound like a terrible human being, but the thing is with Victoria, she's just, uh, she's, as you know, she's very funny and very grounding. And we both grew up down in Cornwall. So um, we sh we've got so much in common. And when you're... I don't know, staying in the likes of the standard hotel in LA and going to rooftop parties with Lou Reed and William Defoe, you, you kind of need to keep that reality check of who you really are and where you come from. And I don't know if you know Cornwall at all, but um, Victoria's from Red Roof, which okay. is... Uh, um, it's a bit mean. Some people call it Dead Rough as a nickname. And I'm from Bodmin Moor, which is where a lot of people have webbed fingers. <laughs> so, I, I, <laughs> so I've had I've had surgery to have my webbing removed, and um, yeah, oh, so you, so you, can, just, you, you can no longer swim at the speed of light. No, I can play piano, the play the piano now, though. So that's that's oh, quite that. good. Who's getting cards. in the way? Yeah, pros and cons. <laughs> No, I, I, I like it there in the southwest because um, I used to have to go down there quite a lot for work. Um, so I would quite often go down around Newquay and have sort of drive by Red Ruth and places like that to visit some friends yeah. that I've got down there. So, so yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. familiar with the area. I and I and I am aware of certain uh, preconceptions of of, yeah. of Red Ruth. So, um, I'm sure none I of them. I think they're, they're the better places, actually. The ones that have got the um, the reputations. I mean, Red Ruth, in all reality, has an amazing creative hub of loads of different artists. And it's, um, yes, it's, yeah, all joking aside, it's, it's super cool. And I've, it's, it's often the places that have got a bit of grit, have got a bit more soul about it yeah, as well, so. Totally. I really love Penzance because of that. There's like sort of two sides to it. It's got this kind of, I don't know, sort of holiday, happy town. And then it's pretty scuzzy as well. And it's just got an edge and it's it's like an energy, which is always interesting. I think LA is kind of the same. Like, you know, not yeah. the same, not the same in, in kind of, you know, the appearance of it but like yeah it's it's rough around the edges and i, I and i yeah. both me and my wife both find that really endearing about it this kind of weathered yeah. city whereas we've got friends who have been and who were expecting more and a little bit more uh sort of glamour and a bit more polish yeah. and we're like no it's not that it's a gritty dirty city where things happen yeah so. real life so you are a musician yourself. You, you mentioned touring with your band and uh, so you, you're now uh, working as a solo artist. Yeah. I'm always curious to know how musicians approach making their mixtape when they come on. So how, how did you go about putting your mixtape together? It was very much um, that gut instinct and impulsive what's my favourite tracks and what have meanings behind them okay. so 
that's how it came about. All right, so who's your first track by? Um, first track is by Licky Lee, and uh, it's Rich Kid Blues. Now, I'm not really that familiar with Licky Lee, but I definitely recognise the track. It's a beauty. I think I've loved her for years. Um, I just think she's got... She seems very authentic, mm -hmm. and um, all of her work has a real beauty to it and an integrity. Really, I can't fault her. You know, there's some artists you think, oh, I like that about them, but there's that bit. Everything I've seen of hers just seems to be super cool and has a great message. And, and this track just really sticks out for me out of all of the tracks I've heard of hers. Yeah, it's it's got quite a a grand, large sound to it, and I don't know if that's the yeah. kind of reverbs that they're using on it, but there's a there's a sense of sort of size to, to the yeah. music, um, particularly the, 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 the way the, the percussion kind of rings out. And yeah. I see similarities in this track to one of the other artists you've picked, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to yeah. later. Um, but... I don't know anything about her, so I, I, I can't really comment on what you what you said about authentic, like her own authenticity. But I think it's quite interesting when it when that's kind of easy to see from certain artists. You know, mm. it's, it's it's a kind of quality that a lot of artists would kill for, but not everyone can get across. Whereas yeah. some people just kind of exude it, you know, naturally. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's something that you could fake. It, people, people are so intuitive and so clever; they could see it a mile off. I, I think that just, just comes through, doesn't it? When someone's genuine and they've got a real something real to say. Okay, so moving on from Licky Lee, who are we listening to now? PJ Harvey. I love PJ Harvey. She's pretty cool. Uh, she, uh, uh, a couple of people have brought her up on previous episodes, and it's yeah. you know when you kind of get reminded about an artist, I'm going, oh yeah, PJ Harvey, and then it gives you an excuse to like delve into like some of the material yeah. and 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 actually devote some time to her, and I'm, and I still need to to go deeper. Um, yeah, but uh, this track is beautiful, and it's all and, and it's a twofer as well because there's there's a cameo yeah. in this. So why have you picked this? When um, I was living in London and I was trying to find my way as a musician, I was studying like a really um, very straight music degree at um, Roehampton Institute and it was very classical based and I'd worked through, um, you know, all of my classical singing, classical piano, um, playing in an orchestra. And I, I got to the second year and I thought, what on earth am I doing? And I had this really cool 
Irish boyfriend who was a lot older than me and um, he was a bit of a punk and a rebel and a maverick and um, he was like oh fuck that shit just listen to PJ Harvey and Tori Amos so he he like gave me it was back when everybody had CDs, you know, mm -hmm. and you'd, you'd share CDs. And, um, yeah, he gave me um, stories from the sea, stories from the city. And I listened to it on the way that I lived in High Barnet at the time. And I'd go down to university on the train. And I just had it on repeat. And then when I'd hear Tom York's voice come in, I just... I couldn't believe like hearing dialogue like that within a song. I just, it blew like my soul open. I was just so sick of all of this uptight music I'd been playing at, at university and having to practice so much. And there was this real elitism within this, within these notes that I was having to play that there was just, suddenly there was this like freedom and it, this beauty and the beauty and the sorrow and the simplicity and I just yeah it was it was like the proverbial cork just blew off and I was like right fuck it I, I did finish my degree because I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do it but everything I learned in that degree was what made me I didn't enjoy, so it kind of taught me what I didn't like. And PJ Harvey was everything I did like. I, th I think when you're when you're learning music in a really confined space, we'll call it. Yeah. I think there's a rigidity there that can kind yeah. of sh that it can kind of point you in the opposite direction. Some people will em will embrace that. Like my, my cousin's yeah. an amazing pianist, but you she can't play unless she has the notes in front of her. Yeah, totally. Whereas some people can read the notes, but like where they really shine is when they put their own little sort of affectations and their own mark on it or, or, they, or yeah. they start to, to improvise. I used to play a lot of gigs around Birmingham with a band, a ska band called Tempting Rosie. Uh, and <laughs> sort of full brass section. And the, all of yeah. those guys were training at the... The, Bur the Birmingham uh, Conservatory, Conservatoire? Yes, Conservatoire, um, yeah. So, you know, so like very sort of serious music yes. tutelage, but they had to cut loose outside of that because yeah. they they embraced the brass and the funk and the yeah, that kind totally. of, you know, that upbeat ska kind of music. They used to run a night at the Adam and Eve which is one of those old pubs which just through time and circumstance finds itself on the corner of an industrial estate, not quite in the centre of the city yeah. anymore. But it still had such a vibrant music scene. And they, they booked me to play their gig a few times and it would always culminate with one of them stood on the bar at the end of the night blowing on a trumpet <laughs> as hard as they could, you know, just the, packed to the rafters and just yeah. everyone just dancing. It was just such a phenomenal thing. And I couldn't imagine them in the serious setting of the Birmingham Conservatoire yeah. because I yeah. knew them in this context, but I knew that they were yeah. all there. It's it's um, it's interesting that you, you go through 
such a serious sort of educational format and it yeah. kind of shows you what you don't want to be absolutely so it, so, it, so in a way it, it becomes this signpost i'm great i'm grateful for it you know it was it was it was meant to be because i think if i'd i'm such a rebel myself if i was studying popular music i probably would have rebelled against that and gone to classical <laughs> so it's just i think it's within my nature sometimes as well just to kind of kick back against what you've got you know no absolutely makes sense so what pj harvey track have you picked it's called this mess we're in So moving on from PJ Harvey, who's up next? So we've got a piece by Jan Tiersen, which is a piano piece, and it features heavily in a wonderful movie called Amelie, which is um, one of my favourite films, I would I would say. It's one of mine. Is it one of yours too? Honestly, um, when I saw this on the playlist it really made me want to watch it last night we yeah. I couldn't we didn't have, we didn't have time in the end um but it's it's one of it's one of those movies that i would put on if i ever needed cheering up because it's one of those films that makes you feel great about the world yeah um and i was i was learning piano for a while um and i was learning to play a probably more basic version of this yeah. track and it was probably the the most impressive thing i had learned today and then my my piano tutor moved away and i i didn't carry on because i couldn't bear to go to anyone else because she was like a she was a she was like an old friend who then became yeah. uh, my piano teacher so i was like oh i can't have louise i don't want anyone kind of thing but i think i'm going to have to get back on it Absolutely. It's one of those pieces that it's, you kind of go into a zone. It's, there's like a sort of, it's mesmerizing. And, and I, I always had like this absolute um, love affair with Paris and the fantasy of it. I had a, a, a very, very dear friend who, um, I met when I went to, we, I went to this really weird um, theatre school that was very much based on, on French mime. And um, it, was, it was, you know, real kind of niche and a lot of, of physical theatre. And this, this was before I went to university. Um, and there was this, like, lady I met who was doing the course as well who was from Paris and she was uh, 12 years older than me and she was called Charlotte and she became a bit like um like an, an auntie or a, a you know a sort of a mum or you know like a big sister I you know I really really we really bonded and I really looked up to her and and she introduced me to the film Delicatessen um and then by the same director, Amelie, 
and then and then the and then the composer Jan Tiersen, and um, I would listen listen to the soundtrack all the time, and uh, I I later found out I, I had a booking agent who also was Jan Tiersen's booking agent for a while, and he said he was really rock and roll Jan Tiersen. He'd have like you know loads of. Uh, whiskey on the go while he was playing and stuff and he's you know he's the real deal and um my yeah my dear my dear friend Charlotte she did unfortunately pass away um it's nearly five years ago now and whenever I listen to that soundtrack it's um it, it's like a connection with her as well mm -hmm. and I feel like it's really sculpted my piano playing um, listening to Jan Tiersen, just the kind of the way he arpeggiates and yeah, I mean, he just paints soundscapes, doesn't he? It's like weaving a sonic tapestry, but with a piano, it's just stunning. Well, yeah, I mean, like maybe it's maybe it's tainted by the fact that I discovered him through this film, mm. but it, 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 it does have a cinematic sound for me. Yeah. So... Because the, the the whole soundtrack is beautiful, start to finish, uh, and there's there's a warmth and a charm that just kind of comes through, and it's yeah, it's a it's an it's a it's a masterpiece of a soundtrack, and it's, it's and it's a wonderful film. But but which track have you picked? Um, it's called I can never pronounce it. Comptin to. <laughs> <laughs> You know I will try. I God. I will. I'll try. Comptin de un autre et, maybe. That's it. That's it. Okay. So moving on from Jan Tiersen, who are we listening to now? Susie Sue and uh, Susie and the Banshees, of course. Now, I don't think Susie and the Banshees has been picked by a previous guest today. Really? No, like I've got I've got friends that I used to work with who would play her stuff quite often in in, yeah. in a shop that I used to work with. Sorry, in a shop I used to work in, and. So like I was, I was trying. To, there was also a compilation that my dad had. My dad was never a massive music guy, but we had a couple of compilation tapes that would sort of be in circulation in the car on long journeys. Nice. And I'm sure there was a Susie and the Banshees track on one of them. And I was sort of going through some like the essential tracks on Apple Music before we sort of signed on for this chat, trying to figure out the name of the track that that I knew from my childhood. I've not found it yet. So I'm going to have to dig a little deeper, but it's one of those—it's it's one of those groups where I recognise more material than I realise as I was sort of skipping through. Oh yeah, I know that one. I know that one. I know that. Um, and some of it actually sounds quite heavy, like in, like yeah. in terms of like some of the distorted guitar, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it, it's it's another band that I probably should spend more time with. Yeah. Yeah, I think they had a magic that's... <laughs> when you think of of punk or, um, 
I think what Susie and the Banshees had was just an amazing ability for melody and and hook and the like you said there's like a kind of underpinning of heaviness and weight to it which I always think is very earthly and like female and mother nature which maybe people wouldn't put those Susie Sue and that together but I just think she's got like a kind of like a, a demigod feel about her and a power and it's something that I massively admire about her and her music and that band super cool okay so which track did you pick I chose Spellbound. Okay, so moving on from Susie and the Banshees. Okay. Who are we listening to now? Okay, um, this is an artist some people refer to as Torn Anus. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> but she most certainly is not. She's Tori Amos. And um yeah, she's she's fucking cool. Another another um force to be reckoned with, you know? Um playing that piano. She's so sexy. I don't know if you've ever seen her play live. No, I've never seen her play live. I've, I've, it's one of those ones where, like, if you were ever looking at who was coming up on, like, later with Jules Holland, yeah. like, if Tori was on, you were like, oh, I need to, I need to watch that. And I've got friends who are massive fans of her. I mean, like, my, like the, the first time I ever heard her was Cornflake Girl. Yeah. Um, which was such an oddity compared to most pop music at the time. Yeah. But so, so beautiful. Old. Yeah. Um, but uh, and and then it it always kind of bamboozles me the, the the way one of her biggest hits was that sort of dance mix yeah. of one of her tracks. Um, so and I, I I wonder how she feels about that because she's very successful in her own right, yeah. but commercially her biggest track is that dance track. So I, so I wonder how she feels about that. Yeah, I mean. It's the the phrase is it's got to be big, isn't mm. it? As well on that track, and um, I mean, fuck it. If it gets you known and brings you to new audiences, I'm sure she thinks. I don't know what she thinks. She might think it's terrible, but I'd like to think it's only a good well, thing. No, that's a, that's a good perspective to take. Like, if it if it if it helps you reach new people and they discover that there's way more depth there, yeah. which there undoubtedly is. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's probably that's probably a, a a positive to come out of that whole thing. She's such an amazing pianist, and I think that that's something for people to discover as well. I mean, she's got amazing vocal ability, but just that actually what she plays on the piano is really really great you know really tech and how at her concerts she'll often be often be playing like two two keyboards simultaneously a bit like Nina Simone did and um she's 
she's got the skills, you know, and uh, good vibes. Okay, so why, but why this track? What is it about this track that you love so much? Um, you'll have to remind me which track I chose because I love all of her tracks. You pick Winter. Okay, so um, Winter creates such an atmosphere which I haven't heard um, in any other songs about that season in particular by uh, an artist in in a sort of popular music sense. So to sort of um, ignite all of those romantic notions of feeling warmth and thinking of Christmas, but just having this kind of underlying melancholy. I think she nailed it lyrically and, and musically, you know, the ha harmonically what she used just created this beautiful soundscape and it is it's it, you know it's a masterpiece really okay so this is this is winter by tori amos Okay, moving on from Tori Amos. <laughs> Who's up next? Um, I'd like to say it's a bloke, but it's it's going to be another chick because <laughs> I really I love. I, there's so much music I love, but for for this um, podcast with you, I just really wanted to go down the like delve into the the female energy vein and um i'm incredibly excited by this artist at the moment because she's she's uh jamaican uh chinese descent she's she's called griff and um the single black hole i just think is absolutely a masterpiece of pop music with that. It's emotionally addictive to listen to. And it reminded me of a, a bit like Love Will Tear Us Apart, how, you know, Joy Division, how that, I just want to keep putting it back on and on and on and on. And um, when I when I heard Black Hole, I just, I just wanted to hear it again and hear it again and hear it again. And I think they've just captured something very, very cool, very unique and very addictive. It's great when you find a track like that that you could just happily listen to on a loop all day. I just can't like, believe in, in like the mainstream as well, because I, I think I'm such an, um, you know, I've got quite an alternative taste to find something like that in the mainstream. I, I find really exciting you know and I think Billie Eilish has that as well she's in the mainstream but she's sort of become the queen of the alternative it's, it's super cool well I I heard Griff on the radio in the last couple of months I, re I remember being quite intrigued by it but the track I heard had was some sort of remix yeah and um, so and and that was great but then I actually listened to 
the rest of her actual material. So it was it was quite a surprising kind of contrast from, yeah. from how I discovered her, but was really impressed by the songwriting and the arrangement. And it's definitely pop, but it's pop with a lot more substance yeah. than the majority of stuff that you hear on like mainstream radio. So yeah, I was quite intrigued when I first sort of heard her. Yeah. And I completely relate to finding a track like that and just getting super addicted to like and probably winding the other people up around you because you <laughs> won't stop playing that song. Yeah, yeah. I I was excited because um, there's so much stuff I hear that I, I you know, I try and, and keep up to date with with everything that's kind of coming in and uh, most of the time just like a bit disheartened or oh you know there's like this kind of oh really like, that's just gonna be forgotten about within a couple of months and I don't know um it's exciting when something new comes through that has a punch and has the depth and has the power okay so this is this is Black Hole by Griff Okay, so moving on from Griff, who are we listening to now? Okay, it's somebody with a penis for a change. (laughs) (laughs) What a wonderful way to introduce an artiste. (laughs) This musician has a cock. (laughs) Well, you know, I couldn't do, you know, a playlist without having Nick Cave on here. My God, like... He's he's the the to me he's the daddy. He's not quite the grandfather because he's not that old. But you know he's the big daddy of the kind of dark, the macabre, the melancholy, the vibe. And yeah, wow, wow, don't you think? Well. I- He's another artist who I'm fully aware of and recognise more tracks than I realise when I start to to listen. But I don't quite know where to start mm-hmm. in terms of like going deeper. Like so, yeah. like I, I I did an episode with an artist called Craig Davison, and we he came up in conversation. And I think he may have recommended an album for me to start with, uh, but I've not got round to doing it yet. Yeah. So, you know, when so, someone is held in such high esteem by by other people you know, it's it it's it's almost slightly intimidating, like the reputation and and the breadth of materials is like okay, so where where do you start? Well, that's a polite way of putting it. When people go on about shit to me, I'm like, oh fuck that! I'm not gonna, you know, I just get rebellious against it. And I don't want to hear it. Um, that's I, that's cutting my nose off despite my own face, but it's it's quite irritating, is it? Sometimes when people go on and on on about something. Oh no, I abs- Yeah, I absolutely relate to that. Yeah. Both in mu- in music. Yeah. And in TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> so TV like, shows so, too. So if so so if I get someone go, oh, have you watched this yet? Oh, you've got to watch it. You've yeah. got to watch it. Yeah. It almost pushes me in the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah, I have to come round to it 
on my own time with my own terms and absolutely so yeah Nick Cave I'll just tell you he's absolutely terrible and I should never ever listen to him and then <laughs> <laughs> no I absolutely plan to listen to him <laughs> I'm I it's it I I just don't know what album to start with so I would love to have a recommendation well I think maybe even just a track you know and this track is beautiful lyrically and when you can have um well you know being being somebody who writes on the piano um when you hear a song that's been written beautifully on the piano like that you just and it's got everything you don't need anything else it just stands on its own it's it's really yeah really beautiful so i i think the, the the thing with me the things that i love about music is the is the beauty darkness integrity honesty and this track has that for sure so this is into my arms by nick cave into my arms oh lord into my arms oh lord into my arms so following on from nick cave and the bad seeds who are we listening to now we're listening to another man called Johnny Cash. You might have heard of him. Oh, yeah, I think it rings a bell. Yeah. Um, he's a really, really fascinating guy. I I remember sort of getting sort of sucked in by the track that you've picked and getting really sort of intrigued by the whole backstory and then not long after that, actually, what? Some sometime after that, the the biopic came out with uh, Joaquin Phoenix, which I really enjoyed, and mm. it, I ended up buying like an like a biography of him to learn more. And yeah, super intriguing guy, and how impressive that he had this kind of real late in life renaissance through like the American recordings. Fascinating, and with the with the whole. Um Carter family and the the heritage there. What fascinating human being! Just oh, yeah, I love the fact that he was a punk before the punks existed. He was a rebel and yeah, amazing voice. I I love a voice when it's not trained. Um, Bob Dylan's probably one of the best examples of that. You know, it's just a sort of really cool voice that doesn't have that. You can tell it hasn't been trained at all. They're, they're just singing, and and it's Johnny not, Cash. Yeah, stuff like that can't be taught. Yeah, it's great. It's great, and yeah, that. Well, this particular particular track, which is a cover. And it was beautifully done, and the video that went with it as well. The video is haunting. Yeah. Heartbreaking, because you can see how 
how frail he is. Yeah. And there's a moment where June Carter is kind of looking at him from a staircase yeah. with genuine sort of concern in her eyes. Yeah. And, and you can speculate about what, what that was, you know, like how... Because I, I think she knew that she was, you know, she was close to, mm. to the end as well. And and I think there's a, you know, reading into him, there's, there's, there's a fragility to him. Because there's all this bravado and sort of rock and roll, yeah. rock and roll kind of front that that he has always maintained, but you, your significant other will see through all that bullshit, and they know how vulnerable you can really be. Yeah. So like when I when you see her looking at him, it, and I'm totally reading into it, but it's always like, all right, how, how is he going to deal with all of this? Yeah. Yeah. And they stayed together for so long as well, which is such a beautiful thing. Absolutely. It's 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 almost a shame though, because like at this point, it's almost it's almost like a hack choice. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's like, oh right, yeah, you like you like Hurt by Johnny Cash. Yeah, loads of people do. Yeah, for very good reason, because yeah. it's a beautiful cover, and it's one of those it's one of those examples of a cover being better than the original. Yeah. It adds this completely new level of depth and meaning that 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 was ever sort of attached to the original version. Um I think I think Lou Reed said that um he thought that Duran Duran's version of Perfect Day was what he had in his head and like that that's that's the best version of it. Yeah. So it's it's you know like these 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 rare moments when the cover is so much better than the original because it's it's been a, approached with fresh ears and a different perspective. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons for choosing it as well is an example of an artist that's had an incredibly long and um, prosperous career. I'm sure there were lots of ups and downs. But right until the very end of the career, he was, he had his finger on the pulse so much that he could choose something that was so on point. I thought mm. that that's what made that so successful, you know? I think that that was such a, um, such a like a social subconscious that he was tuning into in a way that has been un, unmatched so yes it, it's like it, it's really kind of johnny cash being absolutely amazing and you know so many awesome songs by him but i love i love an artist that well you know like bowie just kept on going until the end mm -hmm. and creating incredible music and you know, I'm I'm not 16 anymore. You know, I'm I'm in my 30s now as a musician, and I aspire to people now like Patti Smith or Nick Cave or these artists who they just keep on going. They just keep on creating incredible music. And Johnny Cash choosing that cover towards the end of his time. Wow. Oh, you know. 
Is by some bird called Rosie Crow. Oh, so. she's a narcissistic arsehole. I've heard about her. <laughs> <laughs> See, w- do you want to record a proper intro for that? That's my intro. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, it's it's inter- it's the second time in in it's the second time this month actually that a guest has put one of their own pieces of music forward for mixtapes. Um, but I really like this. Uh, the uh, the backing vocals at the beginning of this, it it reminds me a little bit of some Image and Heap stuff. Oh. Whereas, but where, but you're, you're the main vocal that you deliver through the middle yeah. of it has a lot more punch. Do you know what I mean? Like image, like the the background is a bit image and heat, but your totally, vocal yeah. delivery for the main thing has a lot more uh, energy, sort of driving through it, and it's a, it's a it's a little bit more forthright. Whereas image and heaps sort of kind of a has got this kind of softness throughout. Well, it's it was the second album I did as a solo artist, which I I crowdfunded. Um, and I was really with the first after after doing Raising the Gold Bug we had lots of funding and record deals and then there was a bit of time and I was finding my feet as a solo artist I felt like when I I co-wrote Lungs with um, a couple of the guys from the Hempolics and I I just I just felt really comfortable with where I'd got to as an artist. And I guess I chose this for the mixtapes because everybody that I've mentioned in in you know this this session is they've all had I've learned from them. Every everything, you know, I I, I have, I've learned from those people. And I think that I've managed to get that in this track and I was really really pleased with it there's as an artist as you probably know you're not always comfortable with things you put out or you want to pull them back in and you can't they've gone and that's mm-hmm. that's part of the learning process but this is one of the few tracks I'm I'm like that's fine I'm you know <laughs> that I won't be pulling that one down off of iTunes or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I'm comfortable with it. And I think I, I captured something about fidelity and being in relationships and the, the taboo of, of cheating and how rules are, we have these rules in our society about being completely faithful to, to just one person and that we're supposed to marry and be with that person for the rest of our lives. And I personally, from experience, you know, having been married and now 
in the process of going through a divorce, I realized that maybe you have lots, lots of people that you're, you know, I, I've always had relationships for long, long periods of time, but um, maybe I'm realizing that I'm not just meant to be with one, one person. And, and it's, it's a hard thing to talk about because in society, it's not really acceptable to be so open about stuff like that. It's a bit of a taboo. Maybe not like, you know, amongst other people who think like that or, or other musicians or, or, you know, behind the scenes at gigs and stuff like that. But like in the, the school run scenario or in the, mm -hmm. you know, at the parents' evening scenario, you know, like, that's not really an okay thing to be talking about. It, it, <laughs> it's, it's not something that's openly discussed as acceptable, but I would wager it's probably a feeling or an opinion that's held by more people than we realise. Yeah. You know and what I mean? I, and I just think that people's sexuality is suppressed so much you know we're we're not um especially in the uk where there's still this kind of like victoria Anna vibe going on where we're sort of we we don't talk about sex we don't talk about you know like with with your children as they grow older you don't not all families are open with their children about stuff like that or feel comfortable mm. about that or about people's libido or you know I feel I feel like there's a I don't know if you ever saw uh, Meet the Fockers when the um the mother-in-law is a sex therapist and uh like everybody's just super embarrassed and it's just really really funny but you know that's yeah, I hope people can get to that a little bit more. Maybe it's a little bit more of a kind of like, okay thing to talk about, maybe. Yeah, I, I like it. you can understand it. You can understand the reluctance to be open about stuff like that with people that you're close with, like from a family point of view. Is that always that? It, it's it's quite a it's quite a like an over referencing that awkwardness about the getting the the birds and the bees chat from from your parents because and and I think that's probably something that will become less and less because Basically. we're we're getting more and more well educated and we're more accepting of of all the varieties uh, that people can experience these days so hopefully it's easier to have that conversation I well I certainly hope it will be easier by the time I have to get around it with <laughs> with my son um I've I reckon I've got at least nine or ten years before I need to go anywhere near that thank <laughs> god but but you are right it, we should be more open and we should make an effort to make to normalize things and make it more comfortable for everyone to make sure that everyone makes the right choices for themselves yeah totally because a lot of mistakes and a lot of bad choices come out of not having all the information to hand this is it and I think you know it has to happen because we're so forward thinking and aware with you know with the wokeism or towards the um awareness of gender types gender fluidity children are going to ask 
what, why, where, and you know, it's going to be explained, and I think it will. Things will progress, and and that's only a good thing. Absolutely. Okay, so which Rosie Crow track have you selected for this mixtape? So this is called Lungs. Okay, so moving on from the wonderful Rosie Crow. Um, I was, I was really tempted to, to reference some of your earlier filthy comments, but I won't. Um, I was going there too. <laughs> so moving on from the the wonderful and reserved and conservative Rosie Crow, <laughs> we find ourselves at your final trap. But before we get stuck into that, uh, for the benefit of anyone who's hearing about you for the first time, where's the best place to find out about who you are and what you do? I guess all of the social media channels, you know, just looking looking there, rosiecrow.com as well. It's got tons of videos that I've done over the years. So, and yeah, iTunes, Spotify, yeah. And um, sometimes I might pop up on Crime Watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, callback, callback. <laughs> um, okay, so... <laughs> Who is your last track by? Very, very cool, very sexy, Lana Del Rey. I, I'm realising that I probably need to give Lana Del Rey more credit. Yeah. Because I had her pegged as a little bit of a one-hit wonder when yeah. video games came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but she's she's endured for for quite a long time now, and she seems to be held up in quite high esteem. Now, I've not really mm. kept up with her material, but she keeps resurfacing and being played by by uh, by re- radio DJs that, that I look up to. And so, she, and she, she's a bit of an enigma because she has this kind of, this, this retro kind of vintagey appearance in a lot of her sort of videos and, and the photography of her. But she's got quite a. In one sense, the sound is very contemporary because yeah. there's 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 a lot of sort of hip hop influences in amongst yeah. some of the writing. But on the other hand, her the style of the of the songwriting kind of harks back to it like an, an, an like an, an older style of music. So she's, yeah. she's really really unique. Yeah. She's and she's so sexy. Like the way she sings and the way she looks and I don't know many other artists who have that in she you know how Marilyn Monroe when she famously sang Happy Birthday to the president, mm-hmm. it's like she like Lana Del Rey does that on all of her tracks. She just she just has this amazing vibe that she gets across and I love all of the slightly country elements you hear coming in and then what I thought was so cool about this last album is it was very freeing she seemed to not give a shit anymore um, about 
the the correct pop right you know the correct um she's fitting in lyrics on white dress which you would just think well it you know how has she put that in there it it doesn't quite rhyme or it, it's you know it's sort of random and but it works but it's what she wants it to be yeah it seems very I, cool I, and genuine i think when people are secure in their audience it can be very freeing to know that people have got your back and that your audience is going to support you regardless yeah you know if, if your audience is open to you doing new things yeah and there's an there's an element of security in life then you can take more risks i i don't know um if you know um cat power but it just felt there there were parts of it that reminded me of that um she just didn't do what she did i mean there would have been like you said a one hit wonder or just to recreate what she did with video games but she's she's doing her thing she's evolving she's she's great she's brilliant and uh, it seems to be another very powerful strong female role model which is great for all of the the youngsters coming up coming through you know so this track is this is Lana Del Rey and it's white dress Rosie thank you so much for coming on this has been a lot of fun <laughs> it's it's been it's been laugh out loud fun which is always welcome oh i'm pleased <laughs> I hope you don't have to edit too many of the uh, profanities out. Look how I got this. I was a waitress working the night shift. You were my man. Felt like I got this. Down at the minute music business conference. So that concludes this week's episode. And what an amusing one it was. I think I could record an episode once a week with Rosie Crow and... I don't think there's any danger of getting bored. I don't think you'd get bored. I think she's lots of fun. Very amusing. Uh, she's so amusing, in fact, the episode had to be edited down quite a bit to make it fit the normal kind of time frame. So if you'd like to see the whole entire raw, unedited video of this episode or this conversation, you can find it on my Patreon. Uh, for, the, for as little as £3 a month you can support me and help me cover some of my costs and you get access to bonus footage uh, bonus episodes and tons of other extras that I've got planned for the rest of the year it works out roughly at 75p a week for the first tier what a bargain but as always the music discussed is played below the conversation because I believe that all musicians should be paid for what they do so if you want to listen to Rosie's mixtape in full, you can find it on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the link in the show notes. But for now, I will see you next time for another episode of Mixtapes with Mike. <laughs>